This is Andrew. This is Peter. And you're listening to the PhysioFit Podcast. Welcome to the first PhysioFit Podcast. You're here with myself, Peter Flynn, and my business partner, Andrew Zachariah. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Pete. No worries. Thanks for thanks for joining me. So, I guess, I guess first up today, we'd like to talk a bit about about our journey and what it's been like, where we started, the process to where we are now. So, you know, just reminisce a bit for us, Andrew. Just just over three years ago, when we when we started separately, um, tell us a bit about it. Yeah. So, I think our story is a very unique one in that most business partners start together from the very, very start, but that wasn't our case. So I started a business approximately six months before Peter and we both started our little physiotherapy businesses at a CrossFit gyms in Adelaide. Now, I'll let Pete talk about himself, but I feel like you were overseas at the time, Pete. So I, I created my own business and was working exclusively with CrossFit and then from there, Pete came back, did a bit of work, thought, if Andrew can do it, I can probably do it even better. And we went from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, so like Andrew said, my story is slightly different there. I was overseas uh, at the time when Andrew started his. I was playing tennis, uh, trying to play tennis and getting injured. So. Obviously, that's where my passion in physio lies from, uh, the complete skill of getting injured and then having to learn to rehab those things there. Uh, so when I came back, I went in and worked at a, a small clinic. I just found that I wasn't happy there. It wasn't fulfilling me. I wasn't able to treat people the way I wanted and it wasn't to me what healthcare should be. So I chatted to Andrew and we didn't know each other really well at the time. We'd sort of worked together at the University of South Australia gym on a very few occasions, and so we knew who, who each other were, but you wouldn't say we were we were close mates, uh, catching up for beers and whatnot. So yeah, chatting to Andrew, I thought, well, I guess if Andrew can do it, it seems to be a reasonable business model. He's he's having fun doing it, and you know, he's in a similar similar position to me, just a little bit smarter. So I thought, you know, what, I'll give it a shot too. So. I followed typically what, what Andrew did and I contacted uh, a fair few local CrossFit gyms uh, and two got back to me. Um, I maybe contacted 20, two got back to me and I had a meeting with both of them and then I ended up going with uh, a guy called Raul uh, from CrossFit Down Under and that was where I started my first physio practice uh, out of that CrossFit gym there. Now typically when you think of a physiotherapy, pra- physi- physiotherapy practice, you think of something that's quite nice. Uh, lots of glass, you know, really nice sort of waiting room. Uh, but CrossFit gyms typically aren't like that at all. So we're on an industrial street, sort of near a power station, set back from the road in a warehouse, and you actually had to walk through the gym to get to the physio clinic, uh, to the to the one physio room. There was no reception. It was just me there by myself. And that was pretty much the start of of physio fit as it was and we weren't called physio fit back then i was i was called holden hill physio and andrew was called physio mode after the uh the uh, crossfit gym that he was in there so pete a lot of physios start 
in physiotherapy because they got injured, as you mentioned, and they had someone help them along the way and they thought this would be amazing to work in. Now, for me, it was actually not that road. Um, so I feel my story is a little bit unique in that I started in human movement, so sports science, uh, went into physiotherapy after that, and then started working in sports clinics. I had never actually been or seen a physio before becoming one. So I thought that was a massive advantage because we could redefine what that was. When I went and moved into CrossFit mode in the city and opened up my business physio mode, it was tailored around active recovery, strength and conditioning, all the things that probably physiotherapy wasn't five, 10, 15 years ago. Now that's obviously a big part of your background as well, Pete. Can you give us a little bit about your story though? So my story is a bit a bit different there. Um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I finished high school. I went and did civil engineering uh, for six months there. Uh, and the first six months was mainly computer engineering stuff because you had to do a whole range of, I guess, general stuff in the first year, which I thought I would never use, which has now become something super useful to me with the spreadsheets and numbers that I'm an absolute fiend for these days. Um, but yeah, so I, I decided to uh, to start Human Movement at the time. Uh, I knew a friend doing it. I thought, hey, let's jump in and, and give it a shot. Nothing to lose, um, besides probably a huge text debt. So <laughs> did that. And at the end of the first year, I was probably one of the worst students. Uh, I didn't really have a passion. You know, I, I cared more about going out with my friends at the time and just having fun, playing sport. Those sorts of things were important to me. Uh, at the start of the second year, I was playing indoor soccer and I, I went for a volley and I actually broke my leg clean in half. And that was, I guess, the start of my journey towards where I am here now uh, as a physiotherapist. I spent three months in a full leg cast. Three months. Uh, and I just assumed when I got out of it, I'd just be able to walk, run, you know, I'd be fine, the bone's healed and I can go straight back to sport. But unfortunately, that's not what it was. And I had to go and I had to learn to walk again in a pool for about a month learning to walk again properly and then learning to run uh, and as a you know a semi-elite athlete that's a really depressing time for you uh, and I had an amazing physiotherapist at the time a guy called Wahib who helped me through that um, and it was a really really powerful experience for me having someone who just mentally and physically took you through that rehab uh, that really helped I guess get me past that and back into into my life and at the end of that I thought wow like wow I want to do that for other people what he did for me that's what I want to do with my life and from there I became one of the top students in the uh, human movement course I was able to then uh, do a master's in physio at the end of it uh, which only 19 people can get into so I had drastically improved my grades uh, and then here we are today awesome story I love it every time Pete tells it so I, I said before that I'd never seen a physio doesn't mean I didn't get injured, I was just too stubborn to go see someone. So my first injury, my first major injury was playing footy as a 18 year old at the Pracker Footy Club. It was two weeks out of finals and I'd already spent about six to eight weeks playing with a really, really tight hamstring. So I remember the Thursday night talking to the coach and he mentioned I was probably limping around and 18 year old, I just wanna play. So I told him I'll be right, it's no worries at all. and. Started on the wing, first centre bounce, bang, there goes the hammy. 
literally the first minute of the game. So I get, well, I come off, ice up, don't want to look at the coach. I just remember thinking I'm two weeks out from finals. Like, my season's over. I know nothing about hamstrings at this stage. I was first year uni. And so I remember jumping on the internet that night and doing all the research I could about how can I help rehab a, a hamstring. Now, obviously the advice was to go see someone about it and usually it did say so go see a physio. But I was a sports science student and my passion was in the gym and being fit and getting strong. So did some more research towards my own bias and looked at how strength can help. And I remember finding a few articles and started doing my rehab every day. And I remember thinking, why do physios get to fix people and, and no one else? Like if, we, if I think that strength is the big factor here and through my own research, I was finding that physios weren't doing that. I almost got a little bit selfish and I was like, well, I'm going to go and become a strength conditioning coach. And then after I found out that there was no jobs in that, <laughs> I thought, well, why not try and get into physio and change what physio is and try and get a little bit closer together? So it's interesting that I think going having those experiences can really shape you and your life, even at the time. For me, it was just a hamstring. You just wanted to play footy. But it's probably where it all started, where towards becoming a physio. Yeah, and I, I do love that story. <laughs> uh, and it's true. It's, it's, you know, you see something and you feel like it can be done better or there's a different way to do it and you're really passionate about it. And so that's what you follow. So obviously we, we're not like a typical partnership, how we started. We, we started as two separate businesses. It's not often that two separate businesses decide to merge and become one. So maybe tell us a bit about, about that, Andrew. Yeah, I remember it being a very interesting situation. <laughs> I remember popping in at the uni gym one day. Uh, my business was in the city and I still trained there and Pete had just come back from overseas. And again, we weren't best, best mates, but we, we worked together. So had a chat about that. And I remember Pete, you asked me about how business was going and I think you were quite surprised to hear that it was doing well. <laughs> and, and so you asked, you know, if we could meet up and chat about it. And, and from there, we, I remember us catching up a lot probably every week and mostly at the the Cooper's Owl House for a palmy and you know we would start talking business together we would run the same specials as each other we would talk about what we would be posting on Facebook or what we we're doing with clients and I think potentially that that mutual respect and that abundance mindset rather than trying to go well what is he doing how can I do it differently or better and try and beat him in the market we were very much of well we're probably alone in business and it's probably better to have a friend than enemies. Uh, what were your thoughts, Peter? Yeah, look, business can be lonely uh, and a lot of people around you when, when you first start a business that, that haven't gone through that process, it's really hard for them to understand the, the stresses you go through, the things that run through your mind, the processes, you know, the commitment. So it, it's really nice to just be able to sit down with someone who, like you said, that mutual respect for and just be able to have a conversation about it. And I remember we even... We'd even run workshops together as two separate businesses running a workshop together. Uh, and then at the end of it, we'd sort of promote each other. Um, and we found that to be quite successful. So I'd say, you know, as you mentioned before, it's that abundance mindset. It wasn't about trying to, you know, keep all the information and all the clients for us, uh, our own business. It was actually being like, well, if we work together, like it's going to benefit both businesses which then, you know, only a few months after I'd started mine and, and you know, you saw your six months before mine, 
we were sitting down at the Cooper's Ale House and I think you jokingly said, you know, we're doing all this work together. Why don't we just team up and, and become one business? And literally the next day we, we <laughs> drafted up a, uh, a contract and signed it. So it was, it was a pretty quick thing. And, and looking back now, I look at it and go, wow, I can't believe that's how fast it happened. And <laughs> we just became a partnership and we didn't know each other that well. So, yeah, it's quite surreal when we think about it now. <laughs> Lucky it's worked out, hey? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, one of the success stories. And often people ask us in business, like, you know, what's it like being in a partnership? Is it hard? You know, you've got two people, they may have different points of views. And I, I guess that really speaks to, to my next point. Now, we really had the same values, the same goals, and the same overarching mission statement. Um, so, Andrew, you know... Would you like to touch on, you know, what our mission is at PhysioFit? Yeah, I think even though we didn't have it written down, in those conversations and catching up with each other, we definitely knew what our vision was for our clinics and for physiotherapy and healthcare. So our mission statement at PhysioFit is to change the healthcare experience for the better. Now, that can be multiple layers and levels there. So in-house, we want to be different in a good way we want to improve the experiences of our clients now that not only is in the consult rooms but when you first walk in the door after you go back home and in between your visits and even after potentially we've helped you reach your goals and and you're on your own again being able to provide value at all times so Pete without writing that down how did you feel about that vision before we probably sat down and put it on paper yeah, I think it came through in, in the passion, the way we talked about things. You know, we didn't want people to be on a merry-go-round where they just came every week for the rest of their life. We wanted to be able to set people up to succeed, you know, to get them through that pain in the early stage, to be that person there with them in that early stage, reassuring them, helping them to succeed, and then getting them to the later stages of rehab where we can strengthen them and we can help to prevent that injury from coming back. And then like, working with them, you know, to hit their goals. And I think that really spoke to, to us there was we felt that wasn't being done in the health industry very well. People weren't being listened to uh, and we felt like we could change that. Uh, and I feel like we've es- essentially built our business around that. I remember vividly in the early days doing the, what we'll probably call the one percenters, following up questions with clients, sending them resources. I remember I, I did a quick Google search of some education that I'd, I'd given a client and, and Googled some, some diagrams and just sent a quick email and, and the next morning had, you know, three paragraphs of thank you and how grateful they were. And I just thought, it's great to get that feedback, but this should just be the standard. Why aren't health professionals doing this and going above and beyond to provide that extra support and value to our clients? And so that, I guess, resonated with us in terms of we really wanted to put the care back into healthcare. Yeah, and I love that saying, the care back into healthcare. And it's not only what happens inside the consult room, like Andrew said, it's what happens outside. And when we when we created our large clinic here in Modbury, we really wanted everything we did here to speak to that mission statement there. So maybe Andrew, just touch a bit on what we've done, you know, to change the waiting room to a welcome area. Yeah. So. I find the concept of a waiting room very interesting. When uh, when you go to the doctors, everyone jokes about, you know, my appointment's at 10, but I probably won't get seen till 
we don't we didn't want a waiting room we didn't want somewhere you come and wait with everyone so we we redefined it as our welcome room so we want you to come in and feel welcomed now part of that is we have things like coffee made from real coffee beans we have herbal teas our first receptionist was a barista by trade so we really wanted to go and find someone who was passionate about serving our clients and not just answering phones and booking appointments now the the extra thing that most people love at our in our welcome room are massage chairs <laughs> now again it, the more we talk about it, the more it sounds like pete and i just uh, have an idea and we we just uh, go for it now we were actually at a course in melbourne and we're at the airports at the airport waiting for our flight and all the seats were taking except the massage chairs so we we jumped in them we uh put the dollar or two whatever they asked for <laughs> in and, and we we're like how cool would it be to have one of these in our clinic and within the next five minutes, we had Googled how much they were, where we could get them from, and do they ship it to Adelaide. And uh, <laughs> it was it was done from there. We got two massage chairs, and it's so funny to see clients come in now and and go, oh, are they are they for us? And and then how much is it? So it's free. Jump in if we want you to enjoy them. Uh, but yeah, that's just a couple of examples of how we want to really change that welcome room experience and have our clients enjoying themselves, not only in the consult but when they arrive and be rewarded for, hey, if I've got half an hour to kill, come have a coffee, go sit in a massage chair. You know, you don't need to sit in a wait, a boring waiting room looking at the walls. Yeah, exactly. And look, people have so much stress in their life these days. Everyone is so busy all of the time. You know, no one just can sit down all day and just relax. Or most people can't. So and we know this plays a huge role in how people feel pain, you know, everything else that's going on in their life. And so we sort of thought there is a little bit of science behind that. It's not just we wanted massage chairs for a bit of fun. You know, it's one of those things. You come in, you have a massage in the massage chair, you have a beautiful coffee or a nice herbal tea, and you get to relax. And you can just de-stress for just a little bit. And you're going to already start to feel better. You start to feel less pain. And it's just because that situation has improved your mood and suddenly you're feeling better because of it. And a really easy analogy for this is, you know, let's play, say you play sport and you break a finger, um, you know, playing footy or netball or something like that. If it's a grand final, you're probably not going to feel much pain. You're probably thinking about everything else. Now let's switch that and let's say you've just had a fight with your partner, your car's broken down, you just got home, it's 2am and you stub your toe walking in the door. I guarantee that is the most painful thing you've ever done in your life. <laughs> and so that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to improve the mood. We're trying to get people to feel good, to feel welcomed, and to enjoy coming here. At the end of the day, we know that the reason people come in to see us is generally not a good one. They're in pain. They've hurt themselves. They may have injured themselves in a car accident or at work. They're not happy reasons to come see us. So as Pete said, if we can come in and change that experience from the start and go, you know what, first of all, welcome for welcome to our clinic and we're actually really happy to see you like pete mentioned before the merry-go-round of most clinics actually going we appreciate you coming in we actually want you to relax and hang around rather than get in get out as as quickly as you can and i'll, I'll speak from a practitioner point of view the flip side of coming out and seeing your client sipping on a coffee with a smile on their face is a lot better for us than seeing a client who is already stressed about so many other factors and then has to come and talk to us about pain and an injury so 
it really helps motivate the clinician as well as the clients. Absolutely. So look, we're going to finish up by just talking about what the topic's going to be for next week. So next week, we're going to talk about the different types of healthcare, uh, explain the, the differences, the nuances, and when you should sort of look at going and seeing, say, a physio, a doctor, an osteo, a massage therapist, or a chiro, and just have a chat about that. Um, any thoughts on that, Andrew? I think it's just the most common question we get is, I have this, who should I see about it? And there are lots of options, and so it'd be really great to go deep and discuss those, because I think a lot of people just don't take action because they don't know where to go half the time. Yeah. So if we can help provide some value there and some education on what kind of service you should be looking for and, and what kind of uh, management plan should be in place, then we really think that'll, that'll be helping you guys at least take the first step towards your recovery. Perfect. Well, thanks for your time, Andrew. Thank and th- you. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.